Hi, I'm Mira. And I'm Silver. And welcome to Matcha Mondays. We're two West Coast gals hoping to connect with our audience to discuss everything matcha, our favorite sneaky snacks, mental health, self-love, and body positivity. And today we have a very special guest with us, Jason. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? We're good. Did you want to introduce yourself and just give us a little info about what you've got going on? Right now, I'm, I'm currently out in California. I am working with my best friend and partner um, at a company called Level 11. And inside Level 11, we are a creative studio. We're also involved in a bunch of other projects around talent and, and just creating things digitally, physically. And uh, it goes into a bunch of different spheres. My specialization in it has to do with really culture. And more than that, I use what I learned over these last 10 years in personality mapping, neurolinguistic programming, social emotional learning, and communications profiling to really enhance what we do with the people that we work with. And so what I do is I help people articulate their authentic vision, the things they want to bring out into the world, and how they're communicating that to their communities and what they want to build. We worked with Gabby Thomas, and she told us that you do mind mapping with her, and we're like, like, what's that? Like, we want to know everything about it. So we're yeah. so glad we have you today to kind of go over some mind mapping. I think traditional mind mapping is going to be more around uh, getting your thoughts out in front of you and, and figuring out ways for your mind to connect different things so that you can remember them and you can learn from them. Uh, the form of mind map that I'm doing is really a combination of personality mapping with neurolinguistic programming. And mm-hmm. so basically what that means is I'm taking some of these patterns that I see from different personality systems. You can say parts of Myers-Briggs or uh, Enneagram, some of the more popular ones, figuring out what's at the root of those specific personality types, more so than the type itself. And then connecting that with neurolinguistic programming, which is basically taking someone from an unresourceful state to a resourceful state using the language patterns that they connect with their mind. And so a lot of times the way that people speak talks about actually what they're experiencing. And so if you listen carefully to what someone is saying to you, you can really start to hear the way that they experience the world Mm -hmm. and not in terms of the filter that you think they're experiencing it, but really in terms of the way that they experience it. Let me help break it down on more of the general levels. And then you can get a better idea of maybe the way that I do it and how it relates to you in your own mind. Instead of focusing on specific types of personalities, Mm -hmm. I find it a lot more beneficial to focus on the needs underneath them. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when it comes to personality type, um, it's very easy to get attracted to the words and then to define ourselves by our type. You know, it's very easy to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, like I like that I'm I'm like this and I like that I'm this type. And the way that I, I kind of see personality types is, oh, this is the human need that I'm attracted to and that I do unconsciously so much that I'm leaving a void on the complete opposite side of my life. And so what I use it for is like, how do I figure out what's that void I'm leaving? And how do I start working on that void so that I'm more in balance so I can get to where I want to go? So to break it down, we would have Underneath all of these personality types are, we'll call them four human needs originally taken from Tony Robbins, six human needs. And this is like, there's four basic human needs that every single person needs to be normal or in state and functioning. And there's a slight variation off his work, but you would have certainty and you'd have variety. Then you'd have self or identity. And then you'd have tribe 
or love and connection. Yeah. You'd have these four needs together, right? And everyone needs certainty. Everyone has a different way of experiencing certainty. For some people, it might be living a certain way. It might be, you know, always being in your bed. It might be having certain foods. You know, for other people, it might be always taking the same roads. But it's just a, a base level of certainty defines different from everybody, everybody's life. But if you have certainty all the time, everywhere, well, now you are extremely bored. And so you're now you need the exact variety. opposite. Right. Now you yeah. need variety. Right. And now everyone has a different way of achieving variety. For some people, it could be just as simple as going for a walk outside. For other people, they might need to go snowboarding or big hikes or run ultra marathons, all different ways of achieving variety. But they're two sides of the same mm -hmm. coin. So the more extreme you are in one, the more of a void you fill on the other and vice versa. And now you have the same thing with identity yourself. You know, some people you can call it ego. It's the fundamental need to be special, to be different, to be unique, to be apart from the group. But if you go too far away from the group, if you separate yourself too much, well, now you're missing out on that connection to other people, mm -hmm. that connection to the tribe. And right. so the connection to the tribe is a fundamental need to have love, to be connected, to be the same as others, to not be so different. And so everyone's finding their balance between like, who am I similar to, but what also makes me unique? within who I'm similar to. And there's a constant struggle of what that's like in our own identity and where we sit within the group. And again, two sides of the same coin. The more that you are focusing on what others mm -hmm. think, the less you're focused on your own identity. And the more you're focused on your own identity, you know, the further away you might be moving from others. And so this whole system comes mm -hmm. back down into which side of each of these two coins are you doing way more than the other side. Mm. And that's the system. And once you get a grip on how you do that in your life, well, now you have a choice because now you're not unconscious to the processes anymore. Mm. Now you can work on them. Now you can see yourself. Now you can see what other people see in you all day long. That's what we can use to grow as a, as a tool or as a map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when you lay it down as mind mapping, like it's a visual, tangible thing that you can see. Like you can see where those blank spots are and where you need to fill them in. We do that a lot with in my field too, because I work more with occupational therapy. It's rehab related goals for mental health that are meaningful to you and where that slots in in your life. So for whenever I'm working with a client, I break it down to like, what are your social needs? What are your personal needs? What is a stability in your life? And then what is exciting? What are you learning new? So it's exactly the same things. Just like, yeah. I guess we approach it from a different lens. But yeah, that's really cool. Because all those things are so important in what makes you function, makes you go, what makes life interesting and meaningful. So I've never, though, used mind mapping with clients before. So now I'm like, hmm. It sounds like you have, though. It sounds yeah, like you're using but, it every day. Yeah, but not in the same way. Like, I'm really thinking, because right. we I do a lot, especially now that we're in Zoom land. It's all virtual. So before I could sit down, we're like, okay, let's visually write down, like, here, slot this in. But I think the mind maps, especially after watching so many people do it online, it's so visual. It's so kinesthetic. So it's just a very good way, I think. It's harder for them to visually see it like in your mind pretty much mm -hmm. but if you see it like on paper mapped out this way i feel like it would be a easier for them to understand where things are lacking or where there's too much of something 
Yeah, for sure. It definitely depends uh, on someone's learning style too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's interesting that you talk about learning styles. Neurolinguistic programming is really based off of full experiences that include auditory, visual, and kinesthetic ways of taking in information. And something that's really interesting about that process is everybody's experiencing their world through those ways but all differently. One of the things that I've come across, which I, I've thought is fascinating, is that a lot of times when we feel stuck, it's because we're stuck in one mode of representation of the world and trying to get out of it through that same representation. For example, like if we're a very visual person and you are visualizing a task in front of you in your mind's eye, you're now like feeling the weight of this thing all on top of you. And you're, and you're processing that in reality. But then in order to try and get out of it, you're trying to picture other things and you can't stop picturing the, the thing. But if you were able to in intercept it from a different representational system, you'd have a better chance of getting out of it. If you can intercept it from your body, you might be able to change the image that you have in your mind. Yeah. Or if you were able to listen something to change that, you might be able to, to change the way that you're actually experiencing things. I think take it even one step further. I think a lot of times now what's going on is we're really starting to compare our lives to the mask that we perceive in other people's lives. Yeah. Right? It's mm -hmm. like, you know exactly what your life is like when you go home, what your interactions with your friends are like the way you feel inside and then you come to school or you come to a party or you come to a, a social gathering and then you look over and you see this image on the outside and you fill in all the blanks of what it must be like to be that, to look mm -hmm. like that. And all these things, having no understanding of what their lives are like underneath the surface mm -hmm. and comparing yourself, your reality to that. And, yeah. and you have that same exact thing going on. Yeah, I think... It takes a very mature mind to realize that other people have lives and experiences and hardships and traumas. And we just kind of assume that we can trust whatever that person's masking. So if we see someone who seems like they're fully functioning and put together, that's all that we know. So that's all what we interpret. And then we compare ourselves based off of that because that's all we can understand. But I feel like as you get older... And especially if you understand more about the world and life and how people might have gotten there, you start to realize that everybody has stuff going on that you don't see. And what I really like about kind of even what we talked about last week on our podcast with Gabby, like we're we're seeing more and more influencers and like influential people being very honest about what their lives are really like. And how hard it can be and how you sometimes have to work your ass off to get where you are and you don't just live off of your family's support and money. Like sometimes you don't have that. And I feel like people are finally being more and more honest about it and normalizing working hard when you have to and taking breaks when you don't. I've been doing a lot of work around transitions recently, especially with some of my clients and some of the people that we're working with. There's a really interesting thing that i'm seeing in terms of you know the youth trying to speed up in business and and get somewhere and kind of losing the time to just experience learning mm -hmm. and if you were to like think about it in phases you know if you were to draw out life you know you could have something like learning and then working and then like what you want to leave behind and then just kind of living it out. If you even if you just broke it down on those four stages right now, learning 
should last you into your 30s i feel like it should last a lifetime well well of course but just the stage of learning before you start trying to work a job that you're going to be at for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. or work some skills that you're going to learn trying to find like what it is that you like and more importantly what it is that you don't like and having all these different experiences expect you to know what you want to do for the rest of your life at the age of 18 like your brain isn't even fully developed yet and they expect you to just have an idea of what you're going to do for the rest of your life yeah this is insane and a lot of times if you really think about the way that people just go into their lives it's like you go from this learning stage of life which is like everything is you know is is there and you're exploring and you see what's going on and then you're like i need to get a job right now and i have to make money so i can support myself or support these things that i want because i need all of these things to then go back to feeling the freedom of the learning stage again mm-hmm. instead it's of like just a standing in, cycle. And then, yeah and the transition that happens a lot of times like in between those cycles is now in order to like really start accumulating wealth and skills and bringing value to other people it really takes a lot of dedication time and commitment to consistency mm-hmm. but the learning phase is really about the variety it's really you know, about experiencing all this new things Mm -hmm. to you and what it makes you feel like. And so when you're trying to then like build the skills and you're feeling the consistency, well, now your body doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know where to sit. It doesn't know how to be. And that that transition for some people can take 10 years before Mm -hmm. they like settle into it or accept it. And for others, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. if they at the right time with the right resources that can happen more smoothly you know like you said a lot of people don't have that mm-hmm. and i i definitely think it, it ties into the to the unsettling nature that people feel with change when they're not ready well even basic basic i was really struggling yesterday because i took one of my clients to a a pottery class which sounds really fun right yeah it and sounds really fun it sounds really cool it sounds really fun and i got the funding for me to take a couple clients actually to go to it so i was really excited and they were doing great and we were doing the wheels and everything and i was really bad at it and i was shocked because i'm an artist like i'm used to being good and creative at these things and i've done the same medium of art for so long that i haven't really switched it up at all and I was like okay well maybe now I can learn this and I was so awful at it and I started to get really anxious really down on myself because I'm not used to being bad at things (laughs) and it's bad because that's you start out bad at things and then you learn and then you get good at them but I think when you're so used to something that you're good at and that feeling at the end of it of satisfaction it's not there because you're not good at it. But then you have to work to get there. But you don't want to. Like, it would be so nice to just be good at everything. But that's not how it works. Yeah, that's really cool for you to share that. That's awesome. I think uh, to kind of give you like a sense for what I like what I do with my clients, the first thing I would say when I hear something like this is something that happens all the time, right? When you're when you're doing something new, right? mm-hmm. it's like, what was the meaning that you assigned to it in that moment? That was the only thing you could control, what the meaning you gave it. And and what was the meaning you gave it? It was like a, an instinct to, to come on your identity. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, I'm an artist. This is not a reflection of who I am, but now I'm, I'm not a good artist <laughs> yeah. because I can't do this medium that I haven't done ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it became like, uh, you know, the meaning that you gave it in that moment was like, I'm, I'm not a good artist anymore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden your body then like kicks in 
and it's like oh boy now I gotta, yeah it's out of my control i yeah. can't control this i gotta try and control mm-hmm. this i gotta get better at this i gotta figure this out mm-hmm. now 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 the time comes in yeah and now you're thinking yep. like this is what's so beautiful about the process of, of what you guys are doing and sharing is that these experiences this is what everyone like everyone's going through you know mm-hmm. i i do this every single day myself and i think it's i think it's so important also to surround yourself with people who are not afraid to call it out yeah um the like-mindedness right so like the fact mm-hmm. that we can have this moment here and i can say that out loud you know because you were able to share something that was a little vulnerable to you mm-hmm. is so powerful i know like where i'm living now and the people that i'm i'm around you know i'll say these things out loud and and it's easy to see it in someone else but when you're doing it yourself it's so much harder to see mm-hmm. and it's always nice when someone here is like jason what did you just say about yourself yeah you say yeah yeah <laughs> You're not the person that does something like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did just say that. Yeah. I did just say I'm not that type of person. I'm not a morning person. You just you just limited yourself? Yeah. Because it's hard to wake up in the morning? Really? I think you should challenge that thought. Why is it yeah. so easy to just say something about your identity so you can move on with without having to go through the discomfort and the pain mm-hmm. of facing yourself? It definitely is hard to realize that you end up making excuses for yourself to prevent yourself from further evolving. It, I, I do that. I say that all the time. I'm like, I'm not a morning person. I can't do that. I need to sleep in. <laughs> yeah. And it starts so small. We don't realize how often we're doing it. Yeah. Or how My, damaging uh, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think what you're kind of calling out now is that it's happening at a younger and younger age. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had a conversation with one of my best friends who was really talking about uh, spending time with his little cousin who kept using the word, I can't. I'm a bad speller. I can't spell. Completely attached to his identity. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a good speller. Therefore, if I tell you I'm not a good speller, I never have to face the pain of showing you I'm not a good speller. I, I can go away. Yeah, and most people won't challenge that. Like, they'll just yeah. accept it because they assume you know yourself best and who are they to challenge you? So they go on with it. I was very, very lucky my mom was like very good at this, but I kept getting called a bad kid. That was my identity. I was like, I'm a bad kid. Like, that's who I am. And I stayed there and... My mom was like, you're not a bad kid. Sometimes your behavior is not acceptable, but you don't need to define yourself by what other people are telling you and what you believe now to be true. You're not a bad speller. You just are having challenges with it right now. Just switching that vocabulary is so important. Fantastic parenting right there. Oh, she's, yeah, she's the best Your mom is so great. (laughs) Yeah. Which is rare. That's really powerful. Yeah. You guys were saying how it's so easy for people to just say, I can't. And then that is associated with their identity. They don't look back on it. I think part of it, too, is definitely the fear of the unknown. And then also, Jason, like you said, the fear of the pain that it takes to get to the next point. But then also, I feel like as a society, we love comfort now. And people are afraid of getting out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like once you find that, you know, comfort and like, okay, like my life is the same thing over and over and over, like I'm okay with it. And then you don't tend to want more things. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, we're we're designed that way. That's our genes coming into today, coming from flight or fight and survival mode to now having most of our needs met. I'll never forget this concept that I heard from two mentors of mine. 
they were talking about the fact that we're living in a time right now where a lot of people have these these four human needs that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast met, right? You have you have some level of certainty and you get some level of variety and you know who you are kind of and you know where you stand with the group and 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 how to connect. And you're not just like fighting for your life right now. You're not mm-hmm. just fighting for food. Like you you have all these things met. And then you add on top of it these ideas of who we should be and who we yeah. can be and all of these things that we see and you see success and you're like, oh my God, like this is the person up here that I can be level 10. And then like you look at your own life and you glimpse it and you're like, I'm at a two right now. And you think to yourself, the effort and the pain it's going to get me to, te- to 10 is so high. I, I just want it now. Mm-hmm. And you can't get it now. And the yeah. only thing that closes this gap from the two to the 10 is action. Mm-hmm. And it's consistent mm-hmm. action every single mm-hmm. day. That's not fun at the beginning because you, you haven't created those neural networks in your mind yet. Mm-hmm. And you haven't built them up and you haven't got past the discomfort to really start creating those habits to mm-hmm. bring you to that place. It's not sexy and it's not fast and it's not cool. You know, it it's sucks. slow. Yeah. yeah, it's slow, meticulous. Yeah. It kind of um, reminds me of the conversations that she and I have. Like, I'll come to her a lot when I feel one. In general, it's very tough for me to open up, but like I've been working on that. But I'll like, come to her and I'll be like, I feel like a piece of shit right now because I'm kind of in that stage where I look at my life and And I'm like, damn, like, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm not at all satisfied. In retrospect, where I am in life is pretty, like, good, I would say. And then she always points that out. She's like, you're doing great right now. And I'm like, no, I should be all the way up there. And it's definitely hard, I think, to to realize that a lot of it is just you holding yourself back because you're so scared to put in like you said action that's kind of what I was realizing is like if I want to get to another point in my life I have to put ton of time and a ton of effort and I always like tell you know Silver I'm like I wish I was at point C in my life and right now I feel like I'm down here and she's like well you never know until you try and that's like kind of the issues the fear of like only the pain of getting there but also the fear of failure especially for me I am so scared to fail and a lot of times that prevents me from even trying can i can i ask you a question what are the feelings you think you're gonna get (laughs) when you get to this place that you think you should be at sometimes i feel like i'll be so much happier if i'm in a different position in my life and i don't know what that term is but i have a tendency to for 100 percent, i maladaptive daydreamer like through and through so like I'm always thinking of like better life like I wish I was anywhere but here like I want to be in a different country like I say this every day to my friends I'm like like my life would be so much better if I was in Europe living my best life as an interior designer but here I am in California like it it sounds so privileged for me to even complain about stuff like this but I don't know I always imagine myself yeah but like to answer your question I like always imagine myself just happy which is so bizarre because it's like I should be happy regardless but for some reason I feel like I'll be 10 times happier if I reach these goals which is so stupid because I have set goals for myself that I've reached that I set even 10 years ago and when I reached these goals you'd think I would have felt these things the feelings I imagined for myself 10 years ago I was like oh if I get myself out of this house and you know make a life for myself then I'll feel so good and I did all of that and I'm like why don't I feel that way so it's funny Can it's I like your question I imagine I'll feel these feelings yeah 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 please I'm sorry I'm rambling so much right now <laughs> no you're not you're not 
the feelings that we think that we're going to get when we get someplace, we only get through practicing them. And if you're not going to practice the feelings you think you're going to get when you get to that place, then when you get there, you're never allowed to feel them because your body just doesn't know what that feels like. And so like, if you, if you want to be happy when you reach these crazy (laughs) goals, like you want to be really happy the way you reach these crazy goals, like the fact that that was the first goal that you said 10 years ago and you did it. And it's two-sided. Like, one, that, that's amazing. That's that's so cool. There's one part of it that says, like, okay, so like now that I just, like, open this up for you, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I need to practice feeling these emotions. The same way you have to practice every other thing you're doing. The not fun, the not now, the five minutes a day that turns into 10, that turns into 20, that turns it after two years of, like, practicing those feelings so your body when you actually get there goes oh yeah like i know this and this is the (laughs) new level of this feeling because i've recognized it. i've been doing it every day that's what you're attracting in and the other side of it is right now your body doesn't know that it's allowed to feel that way and achieve Mm -hmm. your your body connected to your mind thinks that you have to be stressed and you have to be controlling and you have to get everything in line in order to achieve those goals your body's always trying to help you it's always trying to protect you your mind is always doing the same thing it's doing what it knows best Mm -hmm. based on your experience and then in one second you recognize that you're such a resourceful person to have already been where you've gotten to that now you're you're allowed to open yourself up to feeling those things and still achieving those goals. That's definitely something I struggle with 100% is teaching myself that this is what it feels like to to achieve your goal. When I paid off my school loans, I thought that I was gonna like cry happy tears. I barely felt anything like I like paid my loans. I called her. I was like, Hey, I paid off my loans. I don't feel anything. I know. And that's why I got Which is so sad. Yeah. And that's why I literally I had to force her. I went and bought sparkling apple juice. And I was like, you and I are going to celebrate this because you're 23 years old and you paid off your student loans. Like that's absolutely insane and does not ever happen. So this is a really big (laughs) accomplishment. And even just because you're not in Rome with your apartment doesn't mean that where you are right now is not fucking incredible. Like you have have what, what, to celebrate those small <laughs> accomplishments otherwise you're exactly right your brain's not going to know that it's allowed to do that what does it mean to celebrate a goal as in to like rest on the laurels of this part of my life should be really good if you were able mm-hmm. to allow yourself to mm-hmm. feel the feelings does that mean like unconsciously that you would never get any further in life does it mean that like you can stop working hard does it mean that you that you're done what does it mean i i don't know So I guess for me, like when I think of celebrating or feeling successful, I'm like, okay, you can take one day to yourself to feel at least somewhat happy. But then like the next day we pretend that none of this happened and that you have to focus on your next thing, which is probably not the best thing to do to myself. (laughs) Don't don't judge it. Don't don't judge. That's that's really awesome. I really love how uh, open you guys are. This, This is this is really cool. I'd love to give you one more example of what you can do with neurolinguistic programming just based on something you said it it might take you going a little inside and and going a little deeper so if you if you get uncomfortable just let me know 
you said that you're really hard on yourself and the idea of being hard <laughs> on yourself laughing because she knows <laughs> no i'm i'm laughing because i love that this is happening because i feel like i have a teammate right now for you mira because usually it's just me so i'm just sitting back and i'm like yeah. yes <laughs> go jason <laughs> make her think <laughs> fix her no not no, fix no, you no you don't fixing. need fixing. no that was a joke that was a joke <laughs> i have okay, dark okay. humor okay no okay. i really appreciate your your approach too it's really cool um, My yeah, like, I, oh. <laughs> yeah i just stepped into it this is something that no matter who i talk to always seems to be something that's very very surprising you have this really tough inner critic how tough is your inner critic on a one to 10, 10 being like tough as nails, one being like, oh, it's like really light and fluffy. Uh, like a 9.8. Like a 9.8. Okay. Yeah. Whose voice is the voice you hear inside? Oh, could definitely, be wrong. Definitely. Part of it is mine for sure. But it's definitely like everyone who's ever doubted me. It's like all of them it's like a whole crowd just of those people like i don't know if you guys have ever seen such a fun, it's a dumb movie but have you guys ever seen bend it like beckham you know yes. like yeah so you know what the ending scene where she like sees the people blocking the goal but then she imagines all the indian aunties okay so that's me and but i imagine all the people who doubted me blocking the goal and then i'm like standing out there like staring at them so yeah it's definitely like their voices for sure and then definitely mine too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you hear your voice, even the crowd's voice, mm -hmm. what side of your head do you hear it from? Left. And does it come from the bottom up or the top down? Come from the like middle? Right here. Like here. Okay. Really, really yeah. good. Do you see how you just brought that into your awareness and how almost, almost how weird it is that you actually know mm -hmm. the side that you can hear it from? Yeah. <laughs> now, what I want you to do is hear the last time you said something uh, to yourself or, or you heard that voice and the exact tone. Just remember the tone. Um, remember, the, remember the words. Now, I want you to think of the last time that you comforted someone okay. and how your tone was when you comforted them. How was it? Kind of explain it in words. You're probably very soothing and very understanding and very yeah, open soothing, and gentle. motherly, kind. Like a hug. Very kind, yeah. Like I'm yeah. trying to hug the person, but with my words. And now take that tone and that voice and listen to the exact same words coming from the left side with that tone. Notice how it feels inside your body. And now you just felt like what it was like to hug yourself and for things to just be okay. Yeah. Just on an experience, almost in the same way that you daydream about mm -hmm. things being different or being better or feeling these emotions and like the other side of the coin. You know, not many people know that you just changed your experience yeah. very quickly and just created a new feeling inside of yourself. Yeah, I feel like really tingly, but like in a good way. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like, and it's like a wave, yeah. like a nice wave that crashed on me, but not crashed. It like came over, came over me. Yeah. Yeah. But it Beautiful. was nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That and now your body now knows a new experience. And now that can be practiced that over time will then do everything that we talked about the goal. And I think this is where people get really caught up. The goal isn't to run away from the other voices, let's say, or the crowd of people. It's not to just make these things disappear or make these emotions go away. It's to give ourselves more choices mm -hmm. because we're obviously getting things 
from having that. Maybe you would have never been as motivated as you are. You wouldn't have achieved half the things you achieved had you not heard those things in your mind. And those people didn't doubt you and you use it as a resource. Yeah, it served a purpose. Yeah, it definitely helped me get to where I wanted to be for sure. And it's going to help you go into the future as well. It's it's not going to stop. But now, Mm -hmm. now you have another resource. You have the resource of you hugging yourself when you need to be hugged. And and this is something just for people. People aren't taught these things. People mm-hmm. aren't made aware of the way we're processing our worlds. Yeah. And yet they're really powerful experiences that we could be having. Yeah, there's another way of thinking. And you don't need to be mean to yourself. And there's an option to break those neural pathways and strengthen new ones that will benefit you in a positive way. It doesn't need to be the physical trainer like in the gym who's like run run you fat piece of shit like it can be like you've got this like it's okay to be in pain there's another way you have other options that don't have to be mean because you're safe now you don't need those coping mechanisms that you've built it's time to make new ones that will help Mm -hmm. you push even further so this was very insightful i'm gonna like no seriously like i actually think i'm gonna like what you taught me i think i'm gonna try to do it to be realistic with myself it will be hard but i'm going to try baby steps so if you if you really want the best way mm-hmm. and this is not to say anything against like personality typing or anything like that but if you want to figure out the best way to see yourself ask the five people closest to you what do i suck at and tell them to be as honest as they possibly can and be ready to hear a truth that you don't necessarily want to hear or want to see I kid you not, they will most always be very, very similar. And it will be something that like you kind of know about yourself or you kind of mm-hmm. see that like you almost don't want to look at. And right then and there, that becomes a mapping of itself. It becomes a visual mapping, becomes a mind map of the way that others see you because it's so much easier seeing people from outside of yourself. Like It's so much easier to, to listen and see than to hear ourselves. And it'll, it will jumpstart you on the backside of that exercise. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes they will ask you to say the same things back to them. Just make sure that they're really ready to hear it. Yeah. The same way that you're committing to being <laughs> yeah. here. Otherwise, now you got to deal with a whole nother That's stuff. going to be like a whole fight ready to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're not ready to hear that stuff, like it does not go well. Nope. Yeah. Even if it's. Yeah. But when you are ready, it's really, really helpful, like insight mm-hmm. into yourself for sure. Yeah. But it's also not to say, like, if they say they're ready and then they react a certain way, it doesn't mean that they're not going to later on be like, oh, okay, I'm noticing this now. I can self reflect now and now I can correct later on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a fun conversation, though. Nobody likes to hear they're bad at things. But yeah, this is true. I think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be as so blunt as, you know, what do I suck at? But like, what am I not good at? What do you think? What do you see about me that you think I don't see? Or tell me things about myself that I can work on and things that you think I'm good at and have an open mind and just be ready to commit to discomfort and disease at the beginning. But really sitting through that because that's where the growth lies. And we're really grateful to have you on the podcast today, Jason. I feel like we started this thinking it was just going to be mind mapping and it took a whole new level and I really appreciate it and all the information you've provided us even just personally and with our listeners. I think it's a really good tool to start practicing the things that you've mentioned today. 
And yeah, we're really happy to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And did you want to plug any of your socials or your projects that you're working on? We're going to have this You Me project coming out. Uh, I'd love for people to, you know, jump on and spread, spread the awareness. That'd be really cool because, you know, helping kids and getting social emotional learning into the curriculum every school is, is one of our missions. Yeah. If you enjoy matcha, I am founder of Nekohama Matcha and Nekohama the Wellness Company. And so if you like matcha, please go to nekohama.co. And uh, if you want to know more about me, you can find me at J. Jason Matcha on Instagram. <laughs> well, we are on Matcha Mondays. We didn't speak much about matcha. I but, know. Uh, yeah. It is, it is know, a very I prevalent know. part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it is of ours too. But I've been trying like a few matchas around Vancouver and I'm like, hmm, I'm see I wanna see how the Nikohama compares. Cause that green is insane. Same. I can't get over it. I'm super uh, it's excited. Very, very fresh matcha. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm so scared to use it though, because it's so nice that I'm like, I don't want to use it. <laughs> I know. See, that would be my special occasion matcha is the Nikohama. You better be practicing those special occasions then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just have it every single day. That's every like how week. I celebrate. Absolutely. Small <laughs> victories. It's always a special occasion when it's matcha day. It's so true. So if you want to find Mira and I, you can find Mira at Mira Kira on Instagram and on her brand new YouTube channel. So you should check that out. If you want to find me, I'm at Silver Rumor Gallery. I have my own sustainable art business. Um, so if you want to check me out there, feel free to. If you want to find us, we're at Matcha Mondays Podcast on Instagram. We're super active on there. So drop us some comments. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can let us know there. Other than that, we hope you guys have a great Matcha Monday. Thank you, Jason, for joining us. Thank you. And we hope you guys stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.